Have you ever found yourself saying, I just don't have enough time, or if I had enough time, I would? So often, right, we live in a time, a culture, a place where a sense of busy, 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 never enough time is permeating through all of our lives in some way. Whether or not we're sitting at home waiting for someone else to call who says, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm too busy, or I've been too busy, oh, please forgive me, right? Have you ever been in that place where you feel so pushed, so rushed, and it's just like time is controlling every aspect of our lives? How we manage time is a hot topic, right? Every day, every week, every month, every year, we get more and more material about different hacks of how to hack our time. And so today, what does it mean where Jesus comes into this conversation? How does Jesus begin to change that conversation? Does he change the conversation with respect to time, with respect to how we are managing our time? So for today, we're actually going to look at Luke chapter 12 to try to get at this sense of how are we managing our time? Is there any other way? How are we changing our relationship with it? And that's really important to keep in mind. How do we change our relationship with time? And we're going to go to Luke chapter 12. And Luke 12, it is in the midst of Jesus teaching the disciples, those around him, and he is in the middle of different parables, different teachings, but all of them are centered around stewardship. Now, that word, right, the moment I say the word stewardship, you're probably thinking money. But here's the thing, steward means manager. And so these things about stewardship, stewardship can apply to anything that we are managing, whether we are managing words, actions, jobs, whether or not we are managing grace and forgiveness of love, how are we good stewards of, good managers of all kinds of aspects in our life, including time? And so what does it mean to have good management, good stewardship of time in our lives? And what we have to know about Luke, Luke has got a, a particular perspective. We don't actually know who the writer of the Gospel of Luke is. And it's been attributed to a follower, uh, a student of Paul's, but we don't actually know that. And it's important to know where the perspective comes from because it's a little bit different. Each of the four Gospels has a different perspective of Jesus, is highlighting something different about Jesus' teachings. And here, Luke is not trying to get people to be convinced of who Jesus is, of the life, death, resurrection, of being a follower or disciple of Jesus. That's not Luke's goal. Luke has a perspective, like he's trying to get people who have already said, wait a minute, there's something different about this Jesus. I think I want to try that. I think I want to live this way. I think I want to be connected to and so what Luke is trying to write then is somebody who's already said, I think I want to follow that. What does that actually mean? What does it mean 
to have a way of living that is connected to Jesus? What does it mean to follow his teachings, to be solidified and impacted, to be changed by, that's important, to be changed by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? Because a changed heart means a changed life. And so today, as we're thinking about time and how are we managing time, when we understand what it means to have a changed heart, it begins to change our relationship with time, which ultimately changes our lives, right? It changes our lives. And so beginning in chapter 12, verses 35 through 37, be dressed for service to keep your lamps lit. Be like people waiting for their master to come home from a wedding celebration who can immediately open the door for him when he arrives and knocks on the door. Happy are those servants whom the master finds waiting up when he arrives. I assure you that when he arrives, he will dress himself to serve, seat them at the table as honored guests, and wait on them. All right, so Jesus talking in parables. And parables is just a particular way using metaphors to kind of get people to get out of uh, their one way of thinking, to try to refocus, to try to ask questions. And so here, Jesus uses the imagery of servant and master. And it's important to remember that in the ancient world, there were lots of servants and lots of masters. And a servant was tasked with waiting for the master to come home, waiting to take care of the master. And so Jesus is, is starting into this parable with the disciples, and he is going to align himself a little bit with the master. Uh, but let's not take it uh, all the words too literally, but he is aligning himself of thinking through, okay, how do you prepare yourself? What are you waiting for? Like, are you waiting for your master? So, here, Jesus is giving them a sense of, if he's not present, what are you doing? What are your actions and words preparing you for? And we prepare all the time, whether or not we realize it. We prepare. Often we realize it when we're preparing for celebrations or the holidays, right? We're moving towards, we're getting close to Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so there are preparations, there's anticipation, there are expectations, of what we'll do, of what we'll try. And so we begin to prepare. But here, Jesus is trying to get them to think about like every single day. Like the way that we conduct our lives, the way that we go to work, the way that we maneuver, the way that we talk, our actions in our households, the way that we engage with friends and in relationships, what are we preparing for? Are we preparing for something good? Are we preparing for something life-giving? Are we, do we even recognize what that is? So if we were to take stock, like right this moment, of uh, thinking about, okay, if I am on my way to work, what am I ultimately preparing for? Retirement, maybe, right? Or as you wake up in the morning. All right, so what's on your mind as you wake up? Is it how you have to deal with, how you have to handle? Is it some problem? Because that's important. So often, right, we can't sleep. We wake up because something is heavy on us. We've got some kind of burden. We're anxious about something. 
And when we begin to focus on only that, what are we preparing ourselves for? Are we trying to prepare ourselves to not be hurt? Are we trying to prepare ourselves for the fear of the unknown? What are we preparing ourselves for on a daily kind of basis? Do we wake up in the morning and are like, I can't wait to see, or I can't wait to encourage, or I can't wait to love, or I can't wait to, what are we preparing ourselves for regularly? Continuing on in verses 35 through 37. Be dressed for service to keep your lamps lit. Oh, sorry. I actually just already read that. Happy are those, this is verses 38 through 40. Happy are those whom he finds alert, even if he comes at midnight or just before dawn. But know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he wouldn't have allowed his home to be broken into. You also must be ready because the human one is coming at a time when you don't expect him. Okay, so Jesus actually hits on what we just kind of talked about of going, what are we often preparing ourselves for? Like this whole notion of, but know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he wouldn't have allowed his home to be broken into. We prepare for the worst case scenario. Often we are preparing ourselves in words, thoughts, and actions for something bad, for the other shoe to drop for dealing with fear, for facing situations that are really complex, that just make us really uncomfortable. And we talked quite a bit about that last week. And so to think about that, to take a moment and kind of absorb that of, okay, how often am I preparing for the worst case scenario? And how often am I preparing for something that's healthy and life-giving and encouraging? How often am I preparing to love? How often am I preparing for grace? How often am I preparing for joy, for gratitude? How often and what are we preparing ourselves for? Because you also must be ready because the human one is coming at a time when you don't expect him. That sense of we so often expect the worst, and yet how often do we expect the good? How often do we prepare ourselves in joy? Do we prepare ourselves in love? Do we prepare ourselves ready to encourage and be a healing presence day to day? So think about that. All right, continuing on in verses 41 through 44. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for everyone? The Lord replied, who are the faithful and wise managers whom the master will put in charge of his household servants to give them their food at the proper time? Happy are the servants whom the master finds fulfilling their responsibilities when he comes. I assure you that the master will put them in charge of all his possessions. Okay, so right there. Who are the faithful and wise managers? So he's talking to the disciples and saying, wait a minute, I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to the disciples, but I'm also talking to everybody because the disciples are to be these faithful and wise managers whom the master will put in charge of his household servants to give them food at their proper time to serve others. So a real sense here of we're all in it. Like Jesus, like I'm talking to all of us, 
every single one of us and thinking about what are we preparing ourselves for and how do we, how are we going to manage that? And you, you may go, okay, so what has Jesus put us in charge of? God has given us gifts and abilities to help one another, to respond to each other's needs, to encourage each other, to be that presence of love in the world. We get all kinds of teachings where Jesus is like, you got to love one another, right? We get teachings of, hey, you're going to have to heal. You need to encourage. Hey, you need to be present with. You need to cultivate community. You need to draw people together so that we can do good in this world so that we can be present with one another through all of our joys and the greatest concerns, right? This sense, Jesus is like, we're all in it. And to really begin to take stock of that, of how are we managing our time that gets connected to serving others, to responding to other people's needs, to being an encouragement, to being a healing presence, that so often we get stuck in only one way of using our time of particular things that these are the demands upon it and nothing else that sometimes we overlook we overlook and disconnect from those that are important to God we overlook the community we overlook particular needs we overlook some because we are too busy because we are managing our time in a way that has us running 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 and forgets about serving and responding and so here Jesus is trying to challenge them he's trying to challenge us to really begin to take stock of that of going wait a minute how are we managing our time with others how are we managing our time with others' needs? How are we managing our time with our responses to others around us? Or are we too focused? Are we too consumed with what we are doing, with we are too busy, with never enough, that we can't see how really there is an abundance? And Jesus is about to get to that. So verse 45 but suppose these servants should say to themselves, my master is taking his time about coming. And suppose they begin to beat the servants, both men and women, and to eat, drink, and get drunk. All right, you may be going, woo, that took a turn, right? Jesus is in the positive, And then he's like, and then there are others who are like, what does it matter? And this is a question about if we think no one is looking, if we think God is not present in our lives, if we think no one will care or that our decisions only impact self, that the way we manage our time only impacts ourselves, that maybe we're going to miss something. We're going to miss something significant. We're going we're gonna to miss being able to respond in the way that we are called to respond to each other's needs, the way that we are called to encourage, the way that we are called to be a healing presence, that if we are so set on one way of doing things, or if we think, what does it matter? And Jesus is like, no, it does matter, even whether or not you think I'm here or not. Whether or not Jesus is standing right next to us, whether or not we think that God's presence is in our lives, how we manage our time with others really does matter. 
It matters to our life being being able to understand that gratitude and generosity, that being able to understand God's presence. Because so often as we extend love and grace to others, as we extend encouragement to others, as we are able to extend mercy to others, it comes back. We begin to understand how we ourselves are receiving it. And so this moment of Jesus going, okay, so if I'm not standing here, how are you managing it? How are you managing it with others? Because it does matter. It does matter to us. It does matter to self how we are in community and cultivating that with others. Of whether or not we think we are too busy for. Continuing on in verses 46 through 48. The master of these servants would come on a day when they weren't expecting him. At a time they couldn't predict, the master will cut them into pieces and assign them a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but didn't prepare for it or act on it will be beaten severely. The one who didn't know the master's will but who did things deserving punishment will be beaten only a little. Much will be demanded from everyone who has been given much and from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be asked. Okay, so that sounded really harsh, right? You're kind of like, wait a minute, did Jesus just say, did he equate himself to? If he's the master, did he just, about meeting others? Wait, wait a minute, how is that loving others? All right, so this is where we have to remind ourselves, Jesus is using metaphor to teach the disciples, to teach us, to get us to question and just as I asked that question before where Jesus is going, hey, wait a minute, who are you leaving out? Who are you not responding to? That sometimes when we aren't managing our time well, we can begin to mistreat one another. And we've seen that, right? We have seen that, especially in the last couple of years. We've seen where people get absolutely angry in line at McDonald's because it is not fast enough. Road rage incidents are up because people are in such a hurry because they don't feel like they have enough time. And so destruction can happen to other people's lives. We can create problems for others, right? When we are in such a hurry that no one else matters because we can't take the time. We can't see another way. We can't experience life another way because we are so bent on never enough time. And so here, even as we back up, right, that's some severe language about um, the master will cut them into pieces and assign them a place with the unfaithful. When we hurt one another, it divides us. It hurts us. It cuts us in ways. It divides our souls in ways that we don't even fully realize when we mistreat one another, when we are cruel. And even backing up, like the, the whole thing, we can get pretty severe with one instance, but in other ways, right? If we aren't paying attention to our relationships, if we aren't trying to cultivate community, we might end up feeling isolated and alone that's painful, that hurts, that's not what we want, 
We want to be loved and we want to belong, the two very basics of humanity. And yet, if we are not managing our time well with others, we end up doing ourselves damage as we feel lonely, as we feel like we are outside of. And so here, here Jesus is using the language to kind of wake them up and go, hey, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? Cultivating or not? What are you, how are you using your time that may actually divide and destroy? And then he says something kind of interesting, right? That the servant who knew his master's will but didn't pre prepare for it or act on it will be beaten severely. The one who didn't know the master's will but who did things deserving punishment will be beaten only a little. Okay, so what Jesus is talking about there is he's... This is to the followers, right? These are to the disciples of saying, you know that you're supposed to live a particular way. You're, you're supposed to be leading in love. You're supposed to have this changed heart. You're supposed to be experiencing grace. You have been given so much grace, so much forgiveness, so much love, and that you're supposed to respond and show it in the way that you interact and engage with others. And yet, when you know it, and don't do it, it's far more painful. And we know this. We know this in other instances. Like if your doctor says, you know you need to change, right, and whatever that list is, or um, you know personally, like maybe you know, you know what, I really need to change up some habits. I need to change up my uh, relationships. I need to change up this, I need to be doing this, I need to prioritize this, and we don't do it, so often the consequences can be so much more severe. How often have we said to ourselves or to others, you know better? That's what Jesus is saying. Used a few more words, but you know better. Right? And so sometimes we use that term, like you know better, you do better. And so here he's like, you know better, but are you going to make excuses? And sometimes we do. We make excuses because we go, nope, nope, too busy, can't do that. We make excuses because it's uncomfortable. We make excuses because it's hard. We make excuses of, well, I can't change because of. And here Jesus is like, be careful of that. Because when we're not managing our time well for ourselves and for others, things can become fractured, things can fall apart, things get overlooked, pain can be felt by others, and we don't really want that. And then he finishes up with this. And this is really important for us to remember. Much will be demanded from everyone who has been given much, and from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be asked. We have been given an abundance of grace. We have been given an abundance of love. We have been given an abundance of, right? Hope, joy, mercy, forgiveness, encouragement, healing. And so because we have received much, how are we giving that? 
How are we giving and cultivating that with others? How are we responding from a place of going, wait a minute, I have received much grace, so let me extend that. I have received much love, so let me extend. Let me respond with. So this sense of going, God has heaped upon us gifts and abilities, has heaped upon us love and grace, and so how are we responding from that place? How are we managing those things? How are we managing our time so we can freely begin to show it to others? How are we changing our relationship with time to reflect our changed heart? Changed heart, changed relationship with time, changed relationship, changed everything, our lives. And so here, here to begin to think about, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean today? What do I need to take stock of? How do I need to be managing my time that's connected to Jesus, that's connected to this thought of what do we prepare for, for on a daily basis? What are the words? What are the actions? What are we paying attention to? How are we even acting when we think no one is looking or no one will care or that we think God is nowhere present and Jesus isn't standing right next to us of thinking about how we are managing our time, how we are good stewards of our time, not just for ourselves, but for everyone around us, that ripple effect that as we manage for ourselves, we are able to manage then and give forth in abundance to others. And so how will you be challenged this day? How will you be challenged in being a good steward of your time? Amen.